What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of The Movie Boys. I'm Tyler. I'm Ronnie. And today we are going to be talking about the movie that just came out on Amazon Prime, uh, Sound of Metal. So, I guess to start things off, it's a somewhat simple plot. Uh, It's about a drummer who's in a band with his girlfriend fiance and he all of a sudden goes deaf just out of nowhere and it's just about his story i guess journey to acceptance yeah because it i never i guess i never really thought about like how you know how often that probably does happen yeah because that's a scary thing because I'm sure it's one thing to be born deaf and, you know, you don't really know what you're missing. Whereas, you know, experiencing sound and then just especially becoming a musician and then just going deaf. I'm sure that's crazy, like super hard. Yeah, it was it was a really good, I guess, execution of that. They did everything as far as I've seen online. Mm-hmm. Everything was like true to form. Right. Yeah. Um, well, it, just like, you know, uh, him wanting to get the uh, the surgery, like the, uh, what's it called? The um, cochleal implants or whatever yeah. surgery. I had no idea that it was that expensive, yeah. which I guess now that I think about it, it makes sense. Like you're literally connecting to your brain. But before we go any further, though, spoiler alert. Oh, uh, I mean, everybody that listens to these episodes should know that we're going to spoil anything and everything about a movie whenever we talk about it. Yeah. Um, so it was uh, it was directed by uh, Darius Martyr. First time. Yeah, this is his first feature film. Um, it was also written by Darius Martyr and Abraham Martyr, which I'm going to go out on a limb and say that that's his sibling. Um, that'd be a Maybe. huge coincidence if not. <laughs> I know um, they did write uh, The Place Beyond the Pines. It was a really good movie. I have not seen it. Bradley Cooper, Ryan Gosling, Eva Mendes, and Ray Liotta. It's really good. Oh, God. That's, yeah. It's really, really good. All right. Um, the cast uh, was led by uh, Riz. Is it Riz Ahmed? Uh, yeah, that's how I've heard it pronounced. Okay, uh, Riz Ahmed. Uh, he plays Ruben, the main character. He is so fucking good. Too. Yeah, he. God, he did it. He did phenomenal. Which, that's one of the reasons he's nominated by so many different academies for uh, best best actor. Yeah. Um, he was uh, supported by Olivia Cook. She played Lou. She was uh, the girlfriend to the drummer, and by Paul Racy, who played Joe, who he was kind of like the head deaf person at the therapy at the, place, yeah, the therapy to. camp or whatever that he goes to. Uh, the DP was uh, Daniel Bouquet. Uh, again, a bunch of foreign films. Yeah, seen um, that's that's one running theme about this movie is like it was super low budget, super indie. Um, like literally, whenever I look, try to look up. A budget for it i can't find one so i i just i know that they filmed it and then amazon prime picked it up yeah so, so uh 
Like This movie shows though That you don't need a budget to make gold Nope yeah that's 100% true This is like a true testament To the story Matters more than just about Anything Yeah. Like, Let's put it this way the sound design On this film was more important Than the look of the film And they knocked it out of the park too Yeah like they did really good Of like showing what he was going through, what he was hearing and not hearing, and then switching to showing us, like, yeah. holy, holy crap, that there's the difference. And every time, like, it would show his perspective, it always put me on the edge of, like, a freaking panic attack. Yes, yes, it was very, like, anxiety-inducing, like, just hearing just and it's not so much that like you know i guess there's like the misconception of when you're deaf that you know you just don't hear anything it's like a low hum yeah there's like a low hum and i'm just like oh my god that would drive me insane yeah and so yeah it really it really makes you think about just the hard of hearing community as a whole like what they deal with I think uh, another reason why it, like, made me go so crazy is, like, this, the sound design, but also Riz Ahmed, like, how freaked out and how well he acted. Right, yeah. Which, uh, I want to say you told me that, like, he would actually put, like, yeah, uh, earbuds white, in or something? It was, like, white noise mm-hmm. uh, earbuds, and he wouldn't even be able... He basically heard what we were hearing. Oh, my gosh. That's... And that's... You can... You can tell that you know, he did what he did his homework and tried to do his best to portray an actual hard of hearing person. Yeah, it was it was pretty amazing. Everybody in this movie did a really, really yeah, and good job. like that's the thing. Like I put I looked at Paul Racy. Um, I'm looking at his his IMDb right now. Like he hasn't really done anything uh he was on a few episodes of goliath which is a tv series i feel like i've heard of that i think it's an amazon show uh yeah um he was rudy gold in no ordinary hero the super deafy movie I'm guessing it's about deaf people. <laughs> yeah, um, maybe I'm not sure. I'm not sure if he's actually hard of hearing or not. I imagine he is because he he was pretty good at sign language. Yeah, but I mean, so which he, Paul Racy he's he's nominated for an Oscar too yeah, for best supporting best actor. supporting actor and and uh, Darius Martyr is nominated for best uh, director I think. Oh really. Uh, it's either best director or this is just nominated for best picture. Okay. Well, I know it is nominated for best picture. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, yeah, it, uh, it basically takes you through, um, like the opening scene. It just kind of goes into, uh, the drummer, uh, Ruben and Lou, they're playing a set, goes through one of their songs, which, by the way, <laughs> just a heads up. In my opinion, I'm into it. You're not that. Oh my god, it was god awful. It, it reminded me of uh, Mets. It's a. It's like a just a noise band, like a noise rock. Yes, and uh, it that really it it was awful. It was god awful. 
Yeah, so they take you through one of their sets, and well, one song at the end of their set, and you know they're just kind of you know living the touring life. You know they got them a like a pretty badass RV, <laughs> little studio in it. Yeah, too. they had a little studio in it. Had a drum set and everything set up in there. It was pretty cool. Um, <laughs> and then it establishes that he's a ex addict. Right. Yeah, and we learned that he's you know pretty damn sober. Yeah. And uh, what was it like seven years or eight years? Four, four years. Yeah, four it was four years because that's how long him and Lou had been yeah. together. And um, and then it like kind of I like I like how like it it takes you through his routine. Because it shows like the next morning after they're set, you know, just kind of parked in a parking lot. Wakes up early, so. Yeah, wakes up early, does a little workout, you know, which he was in great shape for this movie. Yeah. And, um, you know, cooks breakfast, you know, throws on a little, like, uh, and I like the the contrast there like the music that they play and then he was listening to like it was like 50s music or something if i remember correctly i was like some classic music not classical but um and anyway and just you know kind of goes through that well then they play another set that night and then the next morning is when he like no it it was that night. It was during this. It was during the set yeah, that he lost his set. hearing. Yeah. It was during the set that just all of a sudden he couldn't hear anymore. It, it cuts out for a little bit and then like it comes back and then it cuts out again. Yeah. For good. Yeah. And then the next morning he wakes up and goes to the pharmacy and he can't even like, he can't even communicate yeah. with the pharmacist and he sends him to the doctor and uh, the doctor you know, basically says like, you know, runs him through some tests and he's like, look, man, you go, you've lost like 80% of your hearing. Like you got to stop drumming or else. You're yeah. Lose and, it completely. Mm-hmm, and that's, that was the whole thing was, you know, he's like, well, how do I get it back? And the doctor like had to explain to him. He's like, that's not how it works. Like yeah. it doesn't just come back. It, you just need to prevent losing what the, the, what you have left. And of course he goes and plays another set. <laughs> Like it was, he was at that point in the movie. He only had like what thirty percent hearing left, or it was something. Like tw- yeah, twenty to thirty yeah. percent, or something like that. Jesus. Like he couldn't hear him. He couldn't hear him talk. Like eighty percent of the time. Headphones mm-hmm. to communicate with him. Yeah, and so um, he asks him about you know the cochlear implants, and he's like, yeah, that costs anywhere from forty to eighty thousand dollars. Yeah, and th- the. I guess like the I get I wasn't necessarily expecting the reaction from Lou that she gave because like you know he told her it was he ran out of a set yeah he ran out of the middle of a set and she's like hey what's going on and he tells her like I can't hear yeah and like she basically says okay well we got to stop you know we got to stop the tour just because it's not good for your hearing you expect her to be selfish right yeah Yeah. i was like oh well that sucks i need to get into the drummer and we need to keep going or something but no like she's like willing to throw off the whole tour but that was before i knew what her background was yeah you you find out towards the end of the movie that they're like basically each other's rocks Mm mm-hmm because you do find out later in the movie that Lou, like, apparently her father was is like this very wealthy Parisian man, and he's a musician. Oh, it, yeah. Like, is that what he does? Yeah, that because like, that song I, that they sing at that party, that's yeah. his song. Well, I knew that. Yeah. I just didn't know that that's like what yeah. he did. Yeah, okay, he's a musician. Oh, so see, I guess that makes even more sense. Yeah, because like you she's know, into music too, right? Yeah. And so. Um, like her mom left 
her well, dad. Yeah, I was going to say they separated yeah, and, and then, then her killed mom herself. killed herself and then she had to go back to live with her dad. Well, no, she, by the, no, by the time that her mom killed herself, she found, uh, I can't remember, Riz Ahmed's character. Ruben. Ruben. Yeah. She found Ruben and then that's when they went on tour. And oh, okay. Okay. So, I mean... So that makes even more sense that, you know, she reacted the way that she did, yeah. you know. Um, and then uh, she makes a phone call to somebody. I don't know who I'm she calls. her dad. Dad, man. Oh, no, no, no. She calls, uh, she calls Ruben's sponsor. Because oh, that's she's right. Yeah. That he's uh-huh. going to relapse. Yeah. yeah. Because she, she saw him smoking a cigarette. Yeah. And... So, yeah, and then he finds this camp for, like, deaf people. The uh, sponsor does. Yeah, the sponsor does, yeah. And that's when you meet uh, Paul Racy's character, Joe. Who's super cool. Yeah, he was really cool. Like, you could tell that, like, he's... I get he spoke very well, so yeah. I'm I'm assuming he was just hard of hearing at the most. But he said like he reads lips and stuff like that. Yeah, his backstory in the movie is that he lost his hearing during Vietnam. That's right. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then he came back and he became an alcoholic, and his wife left him. Right. Yeah, and that was the whole thing. Is like he, you know, he was trying to explain to Joe that hey, you know, it wasn't it wasn't my deafness that drove my wife away and all that stuff. It was the alcohol. And he even explains to him, he's like, look, we're not trying to fix your ears. We're trying to fix your mental state and accepting the fact that you're deaf now. And this is how you need to live. So, I mean, like Lou just straight up like leaves him there. Cause like he goes nuts one morning. Well, she right? can't. She can't stay there. Is the thing. Well, the, well, because he didn't want to stay there. Period. Yeah. And then like he had like a huge mental oh, breakdown. Yeah, he starts breaking all of his. Yeah, albums. started breaking all their stuff in the RV, and I even I was like, girl, uh-uh. Wow. <laughs> and sure enough, she said, nope, mm-mm, you going back? I'm going back home to my daddy's, and you gonna get this fixed. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be so much funnier if she had your country accent. I'm going back home to my daddy. I'm going back home to my dad. Oh, there's a little bit of um, Cajun in there. That's French, right? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so um, she uh, she basically gave him an ultimatum. She's like, "Look, you know, you saved my life, and I'm about to, I'm gonna save yours." And she forced him to go back to that camp. Yeah. And that's where, like, you start seeing the actual character arc progress, you know, start to progress. Because, like, oh, that, like, the part in the beginning of his, like, journey at the camp or whatever, they send him to that kid's class. Oh, and all the kids are making fun of him. Yeah, all the kids are making fun of him because he doesn't know sign language and stuff like that. Like... Gosh, and that's one of those things. Like, like I was saying earlier, like you, you don't realize how how much different it is being born, or not even just born, but like losing it early. Yeah. Versus, I don't. I, w- I would assume he was like in his early twenties. I would say late twenties. Either way, you're splitting hairs. Yeah. Our age. <laughs> and I'm a young man. And. uh yeah, he um, had a hard time coping with a bunch of kids, basically. Making fun <laughs> of making him. Making fun Roasting of him. his ass. Yeah. What are those? But in sign language. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, he, uh, 
he adapts pretty quickly. Uh, and that, that was one, I guess one problem that I had with the film is it doesn't show you the time. That yeah. Happens. Like it doesn't, it, that's like the one thing is it doesn't do like a good job of portraying the passage of time. Like, I don't know how long he was at that camp. I don't know how long it was after he got his surgery that he went to Paris to find Lou yeah. or any of that. Yeah, I mean, it, I don't know. It's just something I just blocked out. Yeah. Really. I mean, it it is a really immersive story. But like um but long story short, you know, he started he from what I could tell, he coped with it like, yeah. you know, he was, you know, he learned sign language mm-hmm. and it's because uh shit, what's I can't remember his name. I can't remember anybody's name. Uh Joe is that yeah joe uh joe told him like hey you wake up early every morning like Mm -hmm. i'm gonna have a donut and coffee waiting for you and then there's gonna be an empty room with a notepad and you write oh yeah because you can't write anymore and then you well you sit well yeah you you sit there yeah and if he said once you get tired of sitting there then i want you to write doesn't matter what you write yeah and then once you can't write anymore come find me and i'll be doing the same thing yeah and and that was that was really weird for me because like he caught him catching the the eve on on his roof or whatever like there was something and he was like what are you doing and he basically got on to him for that well i think it's more so that he saw what he w- he was trying to distract himself instead of better himself yeah I that's guess, where yeah. i took it because the the point of that lesson that he was trying to teach him is to you know be okay with who you are enough right. to be able to just sit there with right yourself. and then and that's when he told him about that part where he was like you know you need to find that peace. Yeah. And I mean, peace is God or yeah, yeah, he called it the kingdom of heaven yeah, or whatever. Kingdom of heaven. And he, cause that was one of the things he told him and he's like, look, I'm not religious. And, you know, neither of us are, we're not religious. And he's like, that's fine. That's not what it's about. You know, you just need to find that peace to where you can literally sit there and you're just okay with it, I guess. Yeah. Which but, I mean, that that's a really good, they did a really good job at conveying that message. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like, that was the thing was it, it, they did a good job of basically, I guess, hinting at the fact that like, look, he's going to, you know, come through this and he's going to accept this and he's going to be happy. And then out of nowhere, he just sells everything sells all of his possessions and he has enough money which i call bs on that but (laughs) i don't think he had forty thousand dollars worth of stuff that rv guarantee was only worth like 10 at the most and then all of his equipment maybe another 10 you're splitting hairs either way um either way he sells all of his stuff and has and gets enough money to get the surgery and joe kicks him off the camp because the he's he's showing the other people that he thinks that there's something wrong with them right and, and he doesn't want those kids to think that right exactly because that was what he told him he's like look we're there's nothing wrong with being deaf like all of the people here yeah. believe that there's nothing wrong with being deaf yeah and i mean there's not it's yeah. just a different way of living basically yeah. and so i guess right after that he scra- scrapes up enough money to head back to Paris yeah, and finds loot, which I ain't gonna lie. I was sitting here thinking, I was like, man, old girl done got her another man. That's what I thought when I saw her dad for the first time. Yeah. I was like, dang, she just got her a sugar daddy. Yeah. (laughs) 
but that was her dad. <clears throat> and then you learn, that's when you learn about Lou's backstory yeah. of basically having a rich, well-off father and <clears throat> them separate, her separated parents and, and her, suicide her mother's and suicide. Yeah. And, um, but one thing, another thing, I guess, a misconception that I had about like being deaf and, you know, that whole thing, like with cochlear implants, it sounds horrible. Yeah, it sounds like you're listening to like an old radio. Yeah, uh, like an old old radio. Like it's real tinny and digital sounding yeah. and like scratchy. Yes, and I was just like, oh my god! Like I even, you know, dug into it some more and found out that like, yeah, that's basically what it sounds like. Like, and apparently there's like a learning curve for your brain itself to process the signal i guess yeah. and it, it does get better but it's not that much better it's not going back to perfect hearing right yeah like i'll just oh you know get the surgery boom you can hear again now that ain't that's not what happens yeah but um but basically i guess like the grand finale of it all was her father had that party yeah. for his birthday and a bunch of a bunch a bunch of people were in there, just talking, and it fucked with his implant. And he's just hearing scratches. Well, and not only that, they sing that song. Yeah, and it just sounds <sighs> awful. And it does a good, a perfect job. Like you, you listen to the whole song like <clears throat> in your normal, like what we would normally hear, and then, it and cuts then, to his point and then they slowly fade to what he's hearing. Yeah, and it just oh, it sounds like a nightmare. And then he wakes up the next morning. He walks out to... Well, they have that, that conversation that night. Oh, yeah. What did they talk about? Well, she tells him that... Or he, they're talking about, like, going back out on tour. Oh, that's and right. Yeah, and she starts like scratching being, again. Yeah, she's, like, not... She's being real hesitant about, like, wanting to do that. Right. And he realizes that, you know, it's over. Right. And that's the whole thing, which I get, I do appreciate a movie that doesn't like spoon feed you that every single detail, like, okay, we don't have to answer every goddamn question. You know what I mean? And so like you, I mean, I don't know about you. I don't know if they got back together or not because the way that he packed up, because the way that he packed up in the morning, you know, he just kind of left. Yeah. Um, when sat on a bench and accepted his deafness by taking out the implant. Yeah, because he was sitting there and there was like a church at the end of the street and, and the bell bells. started ringing and it just sounded god awful. And he finally just took him off and there was literally dead silence and then cut to black. He just kind of he found his he found his peace. Yeah, he just sinks into that bench and he's sort of smiling. He's got a little mm-hmm. little smile. Yeah, just he Riz Ahmed did fantastic. He I I don't think I've seen him in a bad movie. I haven't I haven't seen him in anything. Yeah, well you he was in Rogue One. Okay. He was, was he the pilot? Uh n- I don't think so. He was like a smuggler, dude. Oh, okay. Like he was in that, but uh the first thing I ever saw him in was Nightcrawler with Jake Gyllenhaal. Oh, see, I never saw that either. Oh, my God, it is so good. He's amazing in that, him and Jake Gyllenhaal. Because that's the one where he's a, uh, uh, the a photographer scene, or whatever, yeah, right? Yeah, crime scene uh, videographer. That's right. Yeah, and uh, Riz Ahmed is like his assistant, basically, who's uh-huh. getting paid shit. <laughs> 
It's it's such a good movie, but that that was my favorite performance of his up until this. This okay. overtook it. Yeah. He's also the bad guy in uh, Venom. Which, I, I mean, definitely Venom, never saw that. Uh, he was all right in that, but uh, fucking that movie. <laughs> um, but yeah, just everybody in it. Um, uh, Even the kids, kid actors aren't usually that good. Well, and that's another thing is uh, from uh, I looked into it like and all the people that were like on the camp and everything. They were actual, actual you know, people. actual hard of hearing people that which I I never knew that that was like a very big problem except like cuz I follow a couple of people on TikTok that are disabled. Yeah. And like a lot of them take issue with a lot of movies that they you know show disabled people but they always cast like straight up able bodied people. Yeah. And it now don't get me wrong, you know Riz Ahmed's not hard of hearing. No. But uh for basically everybody else it seems like everybody else was hard of hearing yeah so it's my position on that is for like leading roles like Riz Ahmed's right I feel like it's acceptable but when it's background people and like yeah. just little bit part right people, mm-hmm. i think it's more important to yeah. go with people who are actually have the exactly and on. i mean don't get me wrong i'm sure that you know they could actually make the effort to try to um cast you know act, whoever has the the dis- disability mm-hmm. like maybe be it blindness or you know um paraplegic or you know hard of hearing anything like that but at the same time you also have to take into consideration the amount of money that's being invested in the film and you don't want to have that resting on someone's lack of acting ability just for the sake of having a disabled person fulfill that role yeah and so like i know that a lot, like a lot of people, they can't stand. A lot of disabled people can't stand the Greatest Showman because they could have taken the opportunity to do that to, you know, fill those, you know, small minor roles with actual disabled people, and they didn't. As far as I know, the only close, somewhat disabled person they hired was the little person that played um, Napoleon Bonaparte, whatever the fake Napoleon. Bonaparte. I hate that movie either way. No, I hate it even more. I I loved that movie. The songs are annoying. I wa- I watched it because of Hugh Jackman, but then like the songs are good too. So yeah. Hugh I Jackman's love, good. I just I love Hugh Jackman. Oh, that fucking movie. <laughs> um, so I that's I guess that's one good thing that uh, especially nowadays, like you know, there's films that are coming out these days that are. You know, they're doing a service, you know, they're raising awareness for, you know, for key topics that, you know, the general public just doesn't know about, like, you know, uh, Judas and the Black Messiah, which I guess, side note, that was going to be our episode for, for this podcast episode. But after Rowdy and I watched that, we just, I think we both felt like there wasn't anything for us to say about that movie other than the fact that you need to watch that film because uh, all the BS aside, you know, the 
the cinematography aside, the acting aside, just the pure raw message of that film is more important than anything. So if you haven't watched that film, you need to watch that film. You need to keep an open mind and you need to realize just how inadequate the history teaching in this country is yeah because it's it's ridiculous that i'm having to learn this stuff from filmmakers that i should have learned in school before that movie i had no idea that fred hampton existed see now the only reason that i knew that he existed is because i watched the uh i watched the documentary the documentary uh the 19th i think that's what it was called Mm -hmm. it was on i watched that um because it was suggested by um Black Lives Matter. Yeah, Yeah, it was a Netflix documentary. And uh, even then, I I learned about stuff like that that I had no idea. Like, it's it's almost insulting that I didn't learn that. Because not only do I have, you know, a general education, I actually went to college, took two college history courses, and still don't know any, didn't know any of that. Yeah. You know, like us having to learn about the Tulsa riots. From Watchmen. From Watchmen. <laughs> it's so fucking. I'm ridiculous. literally, I'm literally getting more of a realistic history breakdown of my country from a comic book, from show. a comic book TV series, yeah. and that's just insulting. But either way, that's that's kind of why we didn't want to do an episode on that um, because that's basically all we would be doing. The whole episode is just... J. Edgar Hoover was a fucking bitch. Yes. He was a a racist piece of shit that had literally no... Had no reason in being in the position of power that he was in for all those years. We should reel it in, though. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Uh, Sorry. Like I said, that's why we didn't... That's why we didn't want to do that episode. Um... So anyway, I honestly, I don't have like any critiques for this movie. The only one that I have is they could have used a tripod in some scenes. You're yes. Shaky cam. Yes. You're 100% correct. It's like, alive and well. <laughs> like, uh, I found a, an interview from the DP and they asked him, you know, um, why did you film on 35 millimeter film? Like, you know, especially when you're just like a, a basically an indie budget film and he literally said he's like because it's my damn movie i was like okay i was like okay man hey that you're right that's your movie i mean me personally i would have filmed digital to keep costs down yeah but uh he did and he went as far as i can tell he went as budget as he could for film because he felt great no yeah it looked fantastic because it's it's one of those things that like film is just it it has that look you don't really have to do much to it it just it has that look but um he filmed on an atten an atten penelope and it's apparently like an old school film camera. It was 35 millimeters, full frame. Uh, he used Sigma lenses. And that was about it. Like, But yeah, there were several times where I'm like, bro, it's simple dialogue. Throw it on a tripod, man. Yeah. So, um, but I mean, what was your favorite scene? Um, honestly... The first time he, like, 
I guess when you start seeing his acceptance of it, when he's on the slide with that kid, right? And the kid's got his ear on it, and he's like playing the drums or whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. That was a really nice scene. At the same time, I think that was like the gateway for him to go play his drums again. Yeah, that's true too. <laughs> but um, my favorite scene was when Lou gave him the. Um, What's the word? Gave him the ultimatum. ultimatum yeah. yeah. That scene, because like she called an Uber, I'm guessing, and he was there to pick her up. She was walking out with her stuff. And that just, that whole scene was just beautifully done. She basically tells him, if you hurt yourself, I'm going to hurt myself. Yeah. Because yeah. that was both of them. Like she was crying. He was crying. Like Everybody it was, was crying. Uber was crying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It was got it was really good. You fucking unprofessional. Why? Did it make a noise? You didn't hear it? Uh-uh. Uh-oh. And I got the headphones on. Oh shit. <laughs> um You could cut that out. Yeah. So I mean if I had to rate this, I'd give it like a nine point five out of ten. Yeah, it would be about the same. Because this film was just great. Uh, it wasn't ridiculously long. No. I think it had a runtime of like right at two hours, including even, credits. It didn't even feel that long either. No, uh-uh. It was it, really good, really well paced. Yes, yes it was. It was really well paced. Yeah, the only reason I take out that point five is because they just, they didn't do a very good job of you know showing the passage of time. Yeah. Like they could have let somebody's hair grow out or something i know he shaved his head because he had his hair dyed a little bit i noticed his hair like you said it was bleached and you could start seeing his roots a little bit more towards the end yeah but that's about it yeah so i think that was literally like the only thing that i could think of yeah so well i guess that's gonna wrap up that episode unless you have anything else to add ronnie nothing Okay. FBI killed Fred Hampton. Yep. FBI killed Fred Hampton. Yeah, that's about it. Go to blacklivesmatter.org. Is it .org? I think it's .org. Blacklivesmatter.org. All right, guys. Well, that's been the episode of The Movie Boys. I'm Tyler. I'm Rowdy. And uh, you can follow us on Twitter. Uh, I'm at Tyler Doherty. I'm at Nibs Be Poppin'. And uh, we'll see you guys in the next one.